The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the Saturday Scouting Report. You're joining us on today's Saturday breakdown of an NFL draft prospect. I'm sure you're waiting for a number of the fantastic games that are going to be played. Maybe you're listening in while you're watching college uh, game day on ESPN. Whatever you're doing, we have a discussion today on Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, from Minnesota. We've done a lot of fantastic prospects thus far. And if you're interested, make sure you go back and listen to our discussions on guys like Micah Parsons, Gregory Rousseau. We even did Trey Lance with Mark Schofield. We've got a lot of really good scouting reports that are still fully available for you to listen to. The object of these have been to fill you in on prospects that should be on the New York Giants radar and just everything you need to know from a general basis. We're not grading anybody, but just giving you an outline of what to expect with these guys. And Chris, right now, the Giants are surprisingly sitting at the top of the NFC East. That could very well change with a lot of things shuffling in and out and things going on with this season. Anything can happen at this point, as we were previously talking about how guys in the top five were in their radar, and suddenly the Giants are now sitting with the 19th overall pick. That then means that they're going to be in a completely different range of prospects. And I would argue Rashad Bateman is the perfect guy that fits in that range. He does. You know, he, he is a prospect. He's going to be, he's not going to be one of the, probably not going to be one of the first three wide receivers drafted, but he should be one of the first five. And that should land him somewhere in that top 20 range. Like he does deserve, I think, to be a first round pick. And we'll get into why. And for a team that does need, a number one wide receiver. He's got a lot of interesting traits. Yeah, he's got a lot of really good qualities that make him a strong number one receiver. And one thing that we've said through the entirety of this Giants regular season is that they are a receiver away, probably more than a receiver away from having a good offense, but the priority needs to be adding a young receiver to this group. We actually already did an offensive prospect podcast episode if you missed that where we talked about a number of first round guys to consider and Bateman was one of the players on that list making it so fitting 
to bring him up on today's episode. So he's at, sitting at six foot two, two oh nine. Uh, the Minnesota receiver, the one thing that pops out for us the most is his route running. He's not a burner. He's not like Jalen Waddell, and Jamar Chase is a pretty fast guy. But from the number that I have that, that is official from his school, and I got this from NFL Draft Bible, he ran a 4.52. That is a pretty good number, but it's not in that contention of like a, a, you know, a, a Jalen Waddell like, like we've already talked about. The one thing that does pop to me, though, Chris, is that route running, that efficient route running that it creates really good separation for him that leads to a lot of serious splash plays. Yeah, he particularly in the 2019 season, he was a big time, big play threat. Uh, there were several games where he was averaging well over 20 yards a catch. Uh, he yeah, on this for his career, he averaged uh, 16.3 yards per catch. He is a guy who can catch the ball downfield. He can stretch the field. He can blow the top off of the defense. And even if he catches the ball in the intermediate area of the field, if a if a defense doesn't wrap him up or if they give him some space, he can pick up yards after the catch. Yeah, the one thing that really catches my attention and the one thing that I, I loved watching with him is his efficiency as a route runner. He's got really, really good footwork. Um, he creates that separation by having strong cuts, getting off the ball quickly. The one play that I like to point to that illustrates his strength as a route runner, the second play of the Wisconsin game from last year, I, I was in awe of like, wow, that was a fantastically well-run route. It was a play-action pass where he faked the stock block and I was a hundred percent sold that this was a stock block. He then came out of that fake and burned the corner that was supposed to be covering him. So he flew down the field and was able to be wide open for an easy touchdown reception. That's what we're talking about when we say his route running is what creates separation. He doesn't need to blow past guys, but that ability to fake guys out to sell one thing and then do another is why he's such a great route runner and one of the best in this class. Yeah, he really is. And even in his routes, I noticed a lot of subtlety, a lot of subtle moves to create separation, uh, subtle changes in the tempo of his route running. He's good at changing the length of his stride to throw off defensive backs timing. And he does have a good burst. He has very little wasted movement off the line of scrimmage. His first one to three steps or so are very explosive. And when he gets a good jump off the snap, he can be past defensive backs, even defensive backs that are faster than him before they have a chance to do much of anything. The other thing that, that stands out to me when we're trying to evaluate him is his hands. You know, he's a really strong-handed receiver. The comp that that I, I'm settling on that I, that I like and I try not to force comps when it comes to prospects, but some of the traits that remind me of him are that of Allen Robinson, that of Michael Gallup, around six foot two. You actually also said, Chris, and if you want to elaborate this on this, it's also a little bit of the the Juju Smith Schuster, maybe a slightly inch taller Juju Smith Schuster, where good route runner, and then on top of that, he has fantastic hands. He makes a lot of really good catches because he is a sure handed guy. Yeah, he really is. He's got He's one of these receivers who's a natural hands catcher. He extends to pluck the ball out of the air. He doesn't let it 
get into his chest plate. He doesn't try to basket catch it or anything, anything like that. I like the way he puts his body between the ball and a defensive back if it's going to be a contested catch situation. And he does a great job of locating, tracking, and adjusting to the ball down the field. Uh, you know, we already talked about, you know, he's a big play receiver. Minnesota loved to get him on go routes, fade routes, post routes. And he does a really good job of locating the ball you know, deep down the field. You know, it if it's underthrown, he'll adjust. If he if it's overthrown, he has enough of a burst where he can usually catch up to it. And he just has such a big catch radius. Even though he isn't a six foot five monster, he's got a pretty huge catch radius. And in that way, he is kind of similar to Juju Smith Schuster. I also do think once he gets the ball in his hands or once he is in space, he plays faster than he is going to time. You know, there, there, you always have to make allowances for training and technique work when it comes to running the 40 because you know, a 40-yard dash and football game speed are two different things. Track speed and game speed are they're related but not identical. You know, to me, he kind of has that Victor Cruz speed. He is explosive with the ball in his hands or explosive off the line of scrimmage. He's probably not going to time out as a real burner. He's not going to be a 4-3. He might tickle into the 4-4, the high 4-4 range if he gets a really good start on the 40-yard dash. But, you know, kind of like Juju, he's not going to be known for his speed, but he will play faster than he times. The one slight negative we had on him, and I really don't consider this to be a significant knock because it's just a small aspect of his game, but as we've done with all these prospects, we've just brought up a couple things that they can work on and improve on, and one thing that we both noticed, Chris, is he has a, a bad habit and a tendency of not consistently finishing plays when he is not the man getting the football. So sometimes on these rushing plays, sometimes when the ball goes to the other side, side of the field, he tends to be a little bit lazy. And, you know, I'm not saying that he does it all the time, but you'd like to coach that out of a guy. I think that this is something that you will commonly see with younger receivers. Jamar Chase had a tendency of doing this from time to time. So I don't think it's a complete negative here. That's something that will easily be coached out of him within his first few years of being in the league. Yeah, and I we definitely don't want to say that he isn't a competitive player because he does have a lot of competitiveness to his game. He will fight through contact. He will fight for the ball. When there is a running play that he has, or a screen play that he has to block for, he's on the play side. He is a willing blocker. He is he fights to sustain his blocks. But it's just that when the play is going to the other side of the field, you kind of often see him press his stem and then become a, a spectator. Wherein you kind of like to see him get engaged with the defender, stay engaged through the whistle. Yeah, it's nothing big, but it it is something he can work on. Yeah, and again, that's not like a huge concern. And I, it's good to point out that we're not saying he's, he's not competitive. It's just a bad habit that a lot of younger receivers develop where they're just used to slowing down and seeing what's happening in front of them. You just need to unlock that in some of these guys. And that tends to happen when they become professionals where – you talk and work with them and say like, hey, you need to still bust your ass and run towards the play. You need to still sell things. You can't slow down in the middle of doing something. Otherwise, it can impact your ability to sell things later on in the game. We're going to talk about his pro projection coming up very shortly. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chris, I honestly think the fact that the Giants slide back to the 19th overall pick might actually be beneficial for them because if they were around 10, I would argue that they're probably not in a position to get Jamar Chase. He might be a guy that goes super early, earlier than expected, earlier than receivers typically go. For me, the next best guy that works well in this receiving group for the Giants is someone like Bateman, somebody who fits the physical profile of a receiver that the Giants currently don't have. Sterling Shepard, not a very tall guy. Darius Slayton is six foot one, but he is on the lighter side. I believe he's under under two hundred pounds. Uh, Golden Tate, who we don't know for sure if he's coming back. He is also under six foot, around five foot ten, five foot eleven. So to bring in another, not a super tall receiver, but a taller receiver, I think is a necessity. I think whoever this guy is, as we've already previously talked about, has to be a six one, six foot two player that is a good route runner that plays a complement to the group instead of bringing in another guy that is similar to the others. Which is why, again, I think he would be a perfect fit as that X receiver playing on the outside for this Giants team. Yeah, and that is a role the Giants definitely need to fill. You know, you, you talk about building an offense, you want to build it kind of like a basketball team where you need your forwards, you need your point guards, you need your centers, and you can't have a team out of nothing but point guards, which is kind of what the Giants have right now, at least when it comes to their receiving core. You need a guy who can win down the field, who can force those double teams, who can beat double teams. And you know, right now they don't really have that guy. Uh, Darius Slayton can do it kind of, sort of, somewhat. But sometimes, you know, we've noticed, especially with increased attention towards him, his hands are a little suspect. That's a problem Bateman does not have at all. And there are a few guys like that in this draft class. And right now, at least where the Giants look to be drafting, Bateman does give them potentially really good value. I would say... In Minnesota's offense, he was occasionally used as like a big slot receiver, and he probably could do that in the NFL as well, as long as the offensive coordinator recognizes that he is not a jitterbug player. You know, he's not a guy you want stringing multiple moves together, put him in position where he needs to win with quickness and agility, win a knife fight in a phone booth. He's not that guy. But if you have him say run a slot fade or something like that. He can do that. He can do that well. But really, as a X receiver or maybe a flanker, you know, outside receiver, that is the perfect role for him. He would complement this receiving core quite well. 
And the other thing, too, you have to think about how many times this year have we seen guys get open and then drop football stereo. Slayton's done it. Evan Ingram has done it. A number of these other receivers have done it less consistently, but we've seen them do it. The Giants need that one guy. I think that missing piece in this group is not only a bigger guy, but somebody who is a guaranteed lock to catch the football if he's open. If it's only for a few yards, that's what this Giants team needs because there's not a single guy in the group, even though there is a lot of talent there, there's not a guy in the group that I can say super confidently if you needed a catch 100% on like a third and five or a third and 15, who are you going to get the football to? You know, you need to, you need that guy that you can call to in really important spots. And I think Bateman can develop into that type of a player based on his qualities of being able to catch the football well and then also being able to get open with that really good footwork and, and cutting ability. Yeah, and again, that's where our comparisons to Allen Robinson, Gallup, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, those come back in because they are that type of guy. They're the guy who, you know, when in doubt, just go to him, find his number. You know, I believe he was number 13 in college. Look for number 13, and odds are he will be open enough to get you the first down, get you the touchdown, get you that explosive play if you need it. So to wrap up today's show, as we do every single week, we like to share with you games that we're going to be watching this Saturday. So when you're tuning in in the morning, you know what games that you want to tune into. Now this week, we don't have any major heavyweight battles going on as a lot of these teams are trying to soften their schedules before they play in their eventual conference championships and then hopefully pushes towards big bowl games and also the college football playoff. The example that I draw to Clemson playing Virginia Tech, Notre Dame playing Syracuse. Those aren't really competitive football games, but we've got some fun, interesting matchups. The first one, Chris, that I have, Indiana-Wisconsin. You've got a couple interesting names here, not necessarily first-round prospects, but Wap Floor, their wide receiver at Indiana, and then Wisconsin, uh, Colvin Laren, Logan Bruss. I actually had – I know I had Logan. I'm sure – I'm not sure if it was um, Van Laren or someone else – but I had both of those guys on uh, the podcast that I do where we interview draft prospects. If you're interested in checking that out, that's um, Believe in NFL Draft Prospects. But also Jack Sanborn is is in that group of talented uh, Wisconsin prospects. So that's going to be a big game because it's two ranked Big Ten teams. And this other one is very unique because of a cancellation. Uh, which one is that, Chris? Yeah, that's uh, number 13 BYU at or playing uh, 18th ranked Coastal Carolina, which is a game that didn't exist at the beginning of the week. Uh, the two teams basically got to talking and they had the opening in their schedule. They got together to play. Uh, Coastal Carolina, I think, is one of the big surprises of this year. They are currently undefeated. Uh, I'm not sure if they have ever been ranked before or if they have, it's it's been a while. Not normally known for their draft prospects. I think the last one, last big name player to come out of Coastal Carolina was Josh Norman. But they've got some good ones this come. They obviously have some good players this year. They're undefeated and ranked 18th in the country. Uh, be watching Taron Jackson, the defensive line edge. He is a disruptive player and also. Running back C.J. Marable, even though the Giants don't really need a running back, you, you never know what's going to happen. Then also BYU uh, quarterback Zach Wilson, he is he might just be in the conversation for the 
best quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence this year. And then offensive lineman Tristan Hodge, again, you don't know what's going to happen with the interior of the Giants offensive line. He could be a good guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I the one thing I always point to is this Coastal Carolina defense has some seriously talented players on it besides Taron Jackson. I, I would really watch out for those guys along that group. And we, a big reason, thing, something you should pay attention to in this game is that these guys are going to be a lot of mid-round picks, day three picks that turn into really strong depth pieces um, you know, down the line. So pay attention to those guys. Look at the defensive line. You'll see some serious talent. That's going to be it from us, folks, on today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to follow us on social media at Big Blue View. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. And also head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. 